Welcome to a, another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan, and I am joined this week by a friend and uh, special guest of the podcast. Uh, she is, well, I'll let you tell, I'll let her tell you about her. Uh, her name is Chelsea Roberts. Hello, Chelsea. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. <laughs> um, so, uh, I had you come on this episode, uh, to talk about, uh, the show Invincible because you have a, a background in comic books and, in illustration and all of that, right? Why don't you, why don't you, uh, tell everyone a little bit about what you do and, some of your hobbies and whatnot oh yeah sure um yeah i love comic books i grew up reading comics uh, i went to every single comic con ever since i was 10 years old and of course the pandemic kind of put the kibosh on that <laughs> unfortunately but um so, and uh, <laughs> you've been going to comic con since you were a kid i didn't yeah. know that yeah um my... what was the first comic con you went to <sighs> wow um I was so young. I barely remember just my dad took me. Um, uh -huh. So I think it was just his way of like passing on his love of comics. I don't think it was any sort of like big event or whatever. Cause I know like mm -hmm. Marvel has their like announcements and stuff like that. But yeah, mm -hmm. when I was little, it was literally just comic books. It wasn't even movie companies or anything yet. <laughs> That's so crazy. And was it always in San Diego, the one that you went to? Yeah, it was San Diego Comic Con, and there was like 200 people there in, like, <laughs> in the year 2000 or 1999, whatever. That is so crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, so sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just thought that was so funny. So yeah. you grew up reading comics. Your dad was a comic fan. Yeah. How did you end up uh, working in comics for a living? Well, I always wanted to get into uh the comic industry somehow uh i was an artist i got a bachelor's degree in graphic design back in 2011 mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. that was kind of to appease my parents you know <laughs> they're just <laughs> like they're like you can't be an artist they don't make any money i was like all right i'll be a graphic designer um, yeah. <laughs> like that's so much better and right. um so i just had all these weird odd jobs but i always made comics like even when i was a kid a lot of the gifts that I would give to friends and family were like books or like comic books that I like wrote and drew that like featured them, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is super nerdy. I, I really hope that they don't still have those. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Yeah. <laughs> like I wrote like a Pokemon comic book that had like all the Pokemon anime characters in it, but it like featured me and my best friend as like trainers and we like beat Ash and stuff. Um, so, so yeah, a lot of just really nerdy pastimes and then never really growing out of it. Um, mm -hmm. and then as an adult, um, I was just looking on Indeed one day and one of my favorite comic book publishers was looking for a design assistant and I had no idea what that meant, <laughs> but I, uh, sent them a cover letter and was just like, hey, I read Lumberjanes. Uh, I love your stuff. I love your company. And I'm a designer. I'll learn whatever you want me to. I was actually like a manager at an app mm -hmm. company at the time. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> I was like, I'll, I'll start at the bottom. I don't care what I'm doing. And they're like, you're hired. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, so that's wow. how I made it into the industry. Um, uh -huh. And yeah, I've never looked back. I'm not going back. I love it here. <laughs> <laughs> Do you you still work for the same publisher? Yeah, Boom Studios. Living the Boom Dream. Studios. And are you still design assisting? I got promoted about a year ago, so now I'm a production designer, which uh, is really, really wonderful. Um, I design comic books, and this is a podcast, so you can't see, but in the shot behind <laughs> me, there is a giant uh, bookcase, and it's filled uh -huh. with all of the comic books that I have designed. Oh my gosh, they've been putting you to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with the world of of film production and I, the role of, of a production designer on a film set is basically the production designer is in charge of the sort of the overall look of everything that's going to be in front of the camera. Um, 
so what what how does that translate so you know for for a movie set that can include you know costuming they can oversee like the art department itself like so like the the set dressing and all of that kind of stuff so as a production designer for a uh, like a comic book publisher how do what what are what are you, some of your responsibilities as like a, a production designer in that world I think you summarized it beautifully for the okay. film industry it's it's pretty <laughs> much the exact same thing it's the presentation of the actual comic. So the logo mm -hmm. uh, for the series, the um, cover art, um, how it's like dressed. Mm. So like how we would put the logo onto the cover, um, how we design like the spine, the back cover, and then the interiors, we put them together. So we don't necessarily illustrate the comic, but we get all of the assets and put them together because you're getting stuff from the artist, from the letterer, um, and you kind of have to mesh the two to create the actual content. So, yeah. Wow. That's really cool. Is there a book that you've worked on that you're like the most proud of or is, or just sticks out to you for whatever reason? Yeah. I really love, uh, children's comics books actually, cause there's not uh -huh. a lot of comic books just for kids. It's a lot of, mm -hmm. you know, it's usually for teens or adults and our mm -hmm. company is one of the few that makes them for children. So mm -hmm. I like to design books that cater specifically to like people eight and under. And oh, wow. my favorite book that I've ever made is called Forever Home. And it's about um, a mixed race kid who is also like a military brat. So they've moved around her mm. whole life and she's never had like a real home. And mm -hmm. uh she moves into a house with her parents that is supposed to be the house they stay in forever. And it's haunted, uh, by three mm. very, uh, interesting ghosts. <laughs> They're very like, one's like a world war one veteran and two are like Victorian ladies. And there's like a demon cat. Um, and I just, <laughs> I, I love stuff like that. I, anything that I can give to my nephew and he'll enjoy it. Like, I'm interested in that because comics kind of get kids into reading that normally wouldn't be. And I love that. Dang. That's really awesome. Uh, that's, that is really cool. And have you, um, do you have aspirations or you may have already done it um, to like create your own book, like write your own story and, and, and illustrate it and do all that. Cause I'm assuming you have all the necessary skills. <laughs> yeah. You think so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I I make a webcomic, which for me is a little bit easier than doing a full-length graphic novel or, you know, a 12-issue series right. or something like that. I kind of mm -hmm. draw from life, and that's a lot easier than um, writing because you're a writer, and mm -hmm. I know a lot of really great writers. It's much, much harder to have the confidence to write something long that's like a magnum opus instead of just right. like a joke here a joke there like it has to have some sort of form and structure i'm just like Aah. like i have ideas <laughs> but and maybe one day i'll put them out there but for now i'm content just like doing like one-off four panel jokes <laughs> <laughs> got it got it so um you really gravitate toward um uh when you're working you're gravitating towards comics that are for kids you know eight and under so what do you have a lot of experience reading like more adult comics oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah well, okay. i mean when i was a kid that's all there was <laughs> mm -hmm. um like anime and stuff like manga um okay. you know the even you know jla like all the dc and marvel books are mostly for like adults mm -hmm. um and that's all i read and my mom just kind of didn't know <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah i that's all i have experience in the so the fact that i can make comics for kids is uh exciting <laughs> for me right do you uh do you own any like super rare books or anything i have um my company makes a title called berserker and it's uh -huh. just the title is berserker but it's with all of the vowels taken out <laughs> Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's Berserker, number one. I have that issue, and it's signed by Keanu Reeves because he's the one who created the series. And oh. I think it's worth like $1,500. <laughs> yeah. So I'm excited that cool. about that. Yeah. 
um is are there plans to make a movie that you know of that you can speak about i i'm sure i i'm sure someone out there is because we have like a media team and stuff and they are Uh in charge of like going to the lot and like selling ip yeah um Mm -hmm. and i'm sure they'll update us when when there's a big (laughs) uh thing but yeah it's it's only i don't even think issue number one is out yet and they're already like yeah we're sending it off to all these big production companies it's gonna be great so what's it about can you tell us what it's about it's about this guy who's keanu reeves it's keanu reeves um but you know he's playing a character it looks just like Mm -hmm. him it's basically Mm -hmm. john wick but um john wick is like a million years old and he can't die and he's looking to die he would like to because his life is super violent and he's basically like a super soldier um Mm -hmm. and the government will help him die if he works for them uh so looking to looking into that more i haven't read the first issue yet so Mm -hmm. we'll see (laughs) but he was super (laughs) excited about it keanu was so yeah did you get a chance to i'm sure you you met him then (laughs) uh no our boss did tell us in great detail uh their first meeting though and he was acting out the entire uh concept so he was like yeah. running around the room and like punching stuff and like screaming and he's like and then he does this blah 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 he's like super <laughs> into uh everything he does just like you would expect so excited awesome. to meet him <laughs> yeah that is really cool yeah well you you live a a very interesting and entertaining life thank you for sharing that of course uh, of course yeah um all right so let's get into um invincible now had you I was not familiar with this, with the property Invincible at all. Like, I had never heard of it. I didn't know it was a comic book. Uh, the only reason I even knew that it was a, th- a thing besides Amazon marketing the heck out of it every time I turned on the, the app was I heard about it on a podcast and they were talking about it and they were like, yeah, we're watching it. It's pretty good. It's, you know. So uh, had you read the book before watching the the Amazon series? Actually, no. Uh, mm-hmm. I watched the first two episodes, and then I read the two trades that contained the arc that it was in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I watched the next two episodes, and that and that was really disorienting. So maybe I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, yeah, I had heard of it, and it's a very popular series in the industry, and it's often referred okay. to when pitching new stuff it's like this is the new invincible um oh wow okay right yeah it's super well known where i work but uh i hadn't read it yet so it's a good uh good for me to look into it now (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly so that's cool uh what are what are some of the just to get back into your 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 world for a minute what are some of the like hottest comic books like that are being talked about right now or over the, like the last few months or whatever. That's a tough one. Um, only because there's a lot of great content now. <laughs> like there's so oh, many true. great books coming yeah. out. Um, yeah. I mean, I love anything that's basically taking legacy characters and mm-hmm. putting a spin on it. Basically like the, how miles morale is a Spider-Man now. So mm-hmm. I suggest anything that does that. So like Ms. Marvel, where we have like a, a Muslim girl who mm-hmm. lives in Jersey City who becomes like the new Ms. Marvel um, or uh, yeah. I don't know, anything like that. I just love that kind of stuff. Cool. Yeah. All right. So um, so so you have you at so at this point, have you read the Invincible comic book or no? I've read issues nine through okay like 20 all right Um, and and do you know how much of the series is encompassed by the first three episodes of the show can you tell yeah so essentially it begins at issue 10 oh wow okay and it's the reason it's disorienting is because it's clear that robert kirkman went you know looked at his script He's like, oh, I wrote this when I was 23. This sucks. And, (laughs) uh, you know, reworked it for TV and Mm -hmm. made it make, like, more sense and more compelling for, like, the TV viewer. 
Um, so it definitely is pulling from like much later and like much mm -hmm. earlier to kind of condense it into these like four episodes. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. All right. And Robert Kirkman is what else did he do? He he's a TV guy normally, right? He he's actually a comic book guy from way back uh because oh, okay. he started writing um Invincible in 2003, 6 months before he launched The Walking Dead. Right, The Walking Dead, that's so, what he's and these are both properties that went for years like um, mm -hmm. Invincible had 144 issues, which is absolutely unheard of in comics, especially before, <laughs> like, Walking Dead, so. Right. Yeah. So, no, that's crazy. So, wow, I didn't, I had no idea Invincible was such a long-running, I assumed it was, like, a, a new comic book series. I didn't know it was, like, so long-running, yeah, you know? Too, that's really cool, actually. Especially when, yeah, especially when you watch the first two episodes i'm like oh yeah this must be something fresh and new that just came along in the past five years and it's right. absolutely not <laughs> definitely not <laughs> so um so i guess let's just start with like sort of first impressions what was your overall reaction to the series so far because as far as i understand it's just the, the three parts right it's just the three episodes out right now i think there's four out because it comes out every friday Oh, so there's a new episode then that I haven't seen. <laughs> no worries. I, I I honestly kind of had to read a synopsis of it because I couldn't quite oh, okay. remember. It's like the least memorable one so far. No, so. it's fine. We'll, we'll just for the purposes of this conversation, we'll just talk about the first three episodes. Sounds good. Um, because I think they provide a nice little, um, you know, sort of introduction into the, into the series. For sure. Um, so what what was your reaction to the first three episodes? How did you? feel about the series as just sort of broad strokes yeah the first episode especially it's so sweet and like saturn and i was fully mm -hmm. ready for this to be like a coming of age story it's about a dad <laughs> and his son and the dad's gonna teach this kid how to be a superhero and then they're gonna get real close and their family's gonna be awesome and mm -hmm. they're like playing catch and like throwing the ball like all the way around the world you know and you're like yes yeah. wow i live yeah. for this um and then it just hits you in the pat in like the last five minutes just the bam right. like so violent and like <laughs> it's a great like strategy to get the audience hooked for sure um mm -hmm. and it's not the first time it's been used but it really got me I, it like scared me <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it. I think the gear shift was was really nice. Does it do that in the comic books? Um. Well, considering the like the first nine issues are just that like Saturn suite. Like, I he's kind of getting his powers and his dad's like mm. teaching him where he comes from. Um. Mm. It really is just a huge shock. Um. In that same way, <laughs> but it's just a bigger build. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, that's intense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so are so what are like the um are there any major differences between you know like characterizations or the way characters look or behave? Are there their characters added or taken away from the comic book so far that you've noticed? Um, what are like some of the big major differences, if any, between the the books and what you've seen so far of the series? Yeah, I, there's actually a lot of stuff that is way different that isn't spoilery at all because okay the the comic again was made in the early 2000s so that's 18 years um between right. when it was written and now so there's huge differences in tone and jokes used um right. for example there's this running gag in the comic where whenever is someone someone is being carried you know kind of like a baby like draped mm -hmm. over both arms and like a, a hero is flying with them you know mm -hmm. the person being held is like oh this is so gay so like eve <laughs> will be like flying with william in her arms and william's like oh this is so gay and, or right. like you know and it just keeps happening over and over and i'm like oh my god like this is, <laughs> right. this is so offensive to me right now older me yeah uh, oh no <laughs> um, 
Um, well, thankfully, that was not uh, carried over into the show. Right, right. I fully agree. Then every everything is an improvement. Like, I have no nothing against the show at all. Like, it's only differences from old, old-timey <laughs> things like that. Um, Amber is um, black in the new show, and she's white, like, very uh, Kristen Dunst in the comic. Oh, uh, okay. And I really like uh, her new characterization. Mm-hmm. Uh, I prefer it, to be frank. <laughs> it's much better. <laughs> um, and then William in the comic is straight, and mm-hmm. he and Eve are actually like a thing. Um, oh, okay. And that is that seems very far removed from William now. Um, right. And so, yeah, I, I again, all improvements. <laughs> I, I really yeah. enjoy like what they've done and how they've updated everyone and just kind of made everything less obvious. Like mm. um, in issue 10, everyone in the world in the comics knows uh, that Omni-Man has murdered uh the guardians of the globe and oh okay and and in the show the audience is the only one who knows that still uh-huh uh so yeah so it's a huge difference it it, it kind of by letting us be the only ones who know that um it's a lot more compelling like mm-hmm. it's very strange to see um invincible still like fighting and like still basically doing all of his superhero duties but like everyone knows that who his dad is and like what he did um and right. so I'm, I'm just like this isn't really believable like wouldn't the human mm-hmm. race just like cast him out <laughs> like <laughs> yeah um but it makes it better that because like uh, Invincible doesn't know, and like his mom doesn't know, and no one knows. It's just Omni Man still at this point. It's his special little secret, so mm-hmm. it's better. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think the the uh, sort of the growing mystery around Omni Man and sort of the strain of his erratic behavior. That's that the strain that that's putting on the family dynamic. I think is the is the strongest part of the show. Yeah. Um, like it's almost like, and I'm sure it's, it's, it's I'm sure it's intentional, but it kind of like thematically, it just kind of reminds me of like a, you know, a family situation where one of the parents is dealing with some kind of like addiction, maybe like some kind of substance abuse. It like, it, it just feels like there's shades of that to that, um, that dynamic. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, like, it, it, you know, he has this, you know, secret behavior, that they're not, you know, privy to, and it's like really, really like affecting, and he's he's lashing out for no reason and things like that. I think that that stuff in the show is probably my favorite stuff, and I'm really interested yeah. to see how, you know, how Mark has to, you know, eventually confront it, and and I think it's going to be a really cool um, sort of conclusion to the show. I would imagine oh, is yeah. that final is that final confrontation. Um, yeah, I. Uh, all right, what are some of your favorite uh, sort of, I guess, elements of the show? Do you have like a favorite character, favorite scenes, favorite kind of arcs, I guess, or? Ah, uh, wow, that's a great question. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. What did you What did you think about What do you think about the new team, like Mark's oh, the teen team or whatever? <laughs> the teen team. But yeah, what do you think about them? <laughs> First of all, what a ridiculous name. But like yeah. Fight Force, I mean, also terrible. Like all the names are very bad. Yes. Um, yeah. Like Fight Force. Yeah. <laughs> it's a terrible name. Hilarious. Um, yeah. I I like that team. I I love Monster Girl. I that's a that's my favorite character probably is Monster Girl. Mm-hmm. Um, just this the fact that she's an old older woman um yeah in this like little girl's body and she's so powerful and like yeah. badass and she like kicks everyone's butt every yeah. time she fights anything she wins and then she like reverts back into this little girl and is getting younger um 
I think that's a really interesting dichotomy and it really sucks for her, but I love watching it. It's, <laughs> I love the dynamic between her and uh, Rexplosion or whatever the hell his name is. Um, I like that she beat him up uh, the first time that they met mm -hmm. and then Invincible punched her <laughs> and they were like, oh, Invincible hit a little girl. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Good I thought jokes. that scene was really cool. Like the, the new team tryouts. That was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. Really it, cool. And it gives you a chance to see kind of like the range of abilities in this world, too, because we don't really know. Right. It's um, it's an image comic, so mm -hmm. uh, it's completely different from Marvel and DC's heroes, even though it definitely I do feel like it leans on DC a lot more um, mm -hmm. for its powers and abilities. Uh, there's still stuff in here that's like completely zany, like Monster Girl. I'm like that. What? who thinks of that that's so strange right. like what a <laughs> terrible problem slash gift it's odd yeah i like it a lot right <laughs> um so you mentioned image comics uh are you how familiar are you with image as a company in terms of like their other properties and stuff like that are you a, are you an avid image comic reader yeah i mean they they were founded off of superhero comics as well um mm -hmm. And a lot later than the big two, but they they kind of got more into indie comics like as they got mm -hmm. older. And mm -hmm. I really enjoy their stuff because it tends to be slice of life for, um, you know, mm -hmm. or invincible. Just they take chances on like strange stuff and they treat their creators pretty well as far as I can tell. So, yeah, it's a That's good cool. company. Are, are there any other... Um books that they've put out that you think would be worth reading i the, <laughs> some of the ones that i've read are like they're um like anime <laughs> they're manga <Okay. laughs> yeah but i i feel like that almost doesn't count just because it's like <laughs> you know they just translated it and like republished it <laughs> probably oh you know gotcha what I mean? <laughs> yeah um so yeah unfortunately those are like the only ones that i like read before invincible but um mm -hmm. they're known for like yeah they're more indie stuff they're more like unusual and and they tend to go for like smaller creators as well so i think that's great that's cool i wonder if they do any like the way marvel and dc do like crossover books i wonder if they do that like if their heroes meet each other and stuff like that Oh, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. I mean, Boom has done a crossover with like, um, like Ninja Turtles and stuff, or we've done like Green oh, wow. Lantern and like Planet of the Apes or like Ninja Turtles and Gotham Academy. Like we, we do like, we've done some strange stuff, so I'm sure they've done <laughs> similar things. Wow. So, so your comic, so Boom, your comic publisher that you work for it kind of operates it sounds like they kind of operate like a like a production company like that like for movies so like you guys so like if marvel wants to do like a run of something and like they could farm it out to you guys to to do the book is that what you, is that that's how it works we we kind of do both so we can kind of okay. license ips and then yeah basically mm -hmm uh work with your creator to work within that ip or we uh mm -hmm. we take pitches from creators and we do their original work um so you do both yeah uh -huh. yeah so oh, that's really cool yeah i i really love it uh i think that it's great that we make comics for everyone and we also work with everyone so it's yeah. a very diverse company in that sense is there a comic book you desperately want to work on but haven't gotten the opportunity yet? Um, that's a good question, too. <laughs> I, I actually have worked on a little bit of everything, so I don't feel uh, oh, two-sided. Wow. Yeah, I, I've worked on, like, Power Rangers and Jim Henson, and, um, I, and I love doing that kind of stuff because then I get to watch like dark crystal and actually understand what's happening. You know what I mean? I'm like, I yeah. know all these characters. I know where they came from. I know where they were born. Like I read all this already. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I, I'm like the top nerd in like every nerd circle. <laughs> yeah. So, so back to invincible. Yeah. Where does this, uh, so far, where does this rank on, uh, if you had to give it a ranking, uh, 
where do you think this ranks in terms of comic book adaptations into movies or TV shows? I I think that it's probably to like a a plus. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, because it wasn't too um lofty to change. Mm-hmm. It definitely took what was good from the comic and it took all the major plot points and characterizations and kept them intact while evolving Mm -hmm. to basically be more relevant and uh inclusive and Mm -hmm. also um this this is one of the few that kind of kept the aesthetic so um the animation house that did this book was Maven in South Korea mm-hmm. and Corey Walker, who was the co-creator um, with um, Robert on this book. Uh, mm-hmm. He is the character designer for the series. Mm. Uh, so, and that's like pretty rare. <laughs> right. Um, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Like Paul Feige is in charge of Marvel and like no offense, but he like wasn't really in charge of like, you know any of the art or the characters for mm-hmm. any of the books that he oversees uh right and he's doing a great job so i i'm not complaining <laughs> but um <laughs> but i think there's a closeness that comes with like working with the actual creators to make something um oh yeah that for sure. definitely like brings it full circle and makes it makes it so that the fans can like still love it um and new people can come into mm-hmm are there are there any is there anything about the show Invincible that you think is there anything about it that you don't like is there anything about it that you think is like a weak area of the show I think well I I don't really like uh Superman tropes <laughs> Mm-hmm. I just don't like Superman <laughs> in general. I as think a, he's as a character. Yeah, I think he's boring. And um, mm-hmm. the fact that Omni Man was so close to him already, it I guessed the plot um, because I was like, well, he's kind of being shifty, and he keeps talking right. about being from another planet. Mm-hmm. So he's just the opposite of Superman. He's decided right. that he sided with his planet. And that is where his loyalty lies. So it's just unfortunate that he's so, you know, that character is already so well known that you can kind of guess the show's trajectory based solely on that. But that's also (laughs) not, I mean, that's the source material that it's exactly like Omni-Man in the comic. You can't like blame that, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. you can't blame like good writing (laughs) or like (laughs) you know i'm like oh man uh it's exactly what i thought because it it was already alluding to that that's what you're supposed to think or guess so right um that's interesting your take on superman because i i would agree i do think the i think superman is an inherently boring character um what that's interesting so (laughs) how do you have you seen the Snyder Cut, the Justice League? Oh yes. <laughs> All right. What did What did you think of that? Um, I liked it. I, well, everything's better than the 2017 version. Let's just get that clear right now. Right. Um, but I thought it was better. I thought it was mm-hmm. a lot better. Um, I I think that Superman. You just. You're not going to make him you're not going to make him interesting. Like you're you, they didn't add a whole lot for Superman's story in that cut because mm-hmm. the, I mean that's all you need to know. Like and then Lois was more interesting than Superman because she's the one grieving and mm-hmm. like upset most of the movie and like the, the yeah. <laughs> nothing nothing that they were going to do for the this new cut was going to make Superman better but everything that they did made everyone else better so great did you enjoy man of steel at all uh yeah it was fine it it was like not very <laughs> compelling <laughs> i really yeah, it, i mean the- sorry go ahead 
no, I was just going to say the irony of, I think, of Superman, the character is the only really compelling story that I have seen that you can tell with Superman is the the origin story. Yeah. Once he becomes Superman, it's like, what what else is there? I mean, he's, <laughs> you know, he, he's literally indestructible. He's invincible. You know, how do you make that interesting? Right. I think is. And I think that's kind of what I think the show Invincible is getting right about the character mm-hmm. because he, you know, he has the name Invincible and he might very well be Invincible, <laughs> but we don't know that yet. Right. You know, and we're trying, we're still, and he doesn't know that yet. And his dad is, for one reason or another, not being completely forthcoming with all the information that he needs, and it's kind of being cryptic. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he might not be invincible. And I think that's what just that amount of drama is enough for that character to be, you know, like fights and stuff like that with that character are more compelling because we don't know his limitations. Right. But you know, it with Superman, it's like, we, <laughs> we, we know pretty much he is invincible. So it's like, how do you make that interesting? Right. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's an interesting point that you brought up. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and like you said, I, I totally agree with you that Mark Grayson himself is, uh, extremely interesting because he has no yeah. idea what he's capable of. Um, and mm-hmm. therefore we don't. So every time he goes into a fight, you're like, how's he going to screw it up this time? He He's <laughs> right. so creative um, in terms of how badly he messes up. Uh, yes. You know, falling into a pit with a lady and her arm and leg just falls off. And you're like, did you do that when you were flying with her? Like, you don't even know. Like, the, the moral right. quandaries that he ends up in just from saving one person is uh, immense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right. it is good. So let me ask you this as a as a comic book person, uh, who what is your what are your favorite superheroes then? You're not a Superman fan. Do you have a favorite hero or a favorite group of heroes? Yeah, I love Superman. Nope. <laughs> Do not love <laughs> Superman. We have established this. I love Spider-Man. Um Spider-Man is the ultimate underdog and compared to batman and superman like batman is a millionaire and he's handsome and Mm -hmm. he's very sad because his parents died and i sympathize like he's much more interesting than superman um but spider-man started off a nerd and he was bullied and he enjoyed school (laughs) and he was good at you know academia and stuff like that and as Mm -hmm. a kid i was exactly the same i loved reading and um was really quiet bookworm and me and peter were the were friends in my mind you know and so when he gets his powers and of course he has like lapses in judgment but he uses it for good that that says a lot about me then like i oh i could do that and um i could become a hero or like the best of us and I could rise to the occasion and decide that I'm going to use my gifts for good, just like he did. Um, and especially now that Miles is Spider-Man, like I got to take my nephew, my Afro-Latino nephew, and he could <laughs> be like, oh, yeah, like Spider-Man looks like like exact same hair, exact same complexion. Yeah. And and he's like, oh, yes, like that's me. And that just makes my heart like sore into the sun like i I love (laughs) that my nephew can relate to this person that i like love so dearly so he he means a lot to me man i am tearing up over here chelsea (laughs) (laughs) i uh spider-man i i've said it before on the podcast before uh uh spider-man to me is the like the ultimate superhero like he's the perfect like the he is the standard of what superheroes should be um then i have a huge spider-man tattoo on my leg that's right i think i think spider-man is just the perfect uh character and i love the idea of the spider-verse and and that there are multiple spider people out there uh uh, i just i love it yeah i think especially like you know we mentioned superman and, and batman uh it especially in the hands of Zack Snyder, I feel like those characters are 
like their worst characteristics are highlighted in <laughs> Zack Snyder's movies. <laughs> I, I I absolutely like so I I think I think Zack Snyder doesn't find Superman interesting. No, I don't think so um, either. <laughs> and and. I but I think he th- I think he loves Batman, mm-hmm. but I think he loves Batman for the wrong reasons. I don't think yeah. he understands Batman. No. Uh and I, I actually think Batman is a great character. Um, but I think Zack Snyder gets him so wrong. Um yeah. yeah, it's just and it's frustrating because I actually was one of the very few people when Ben Affleck was announced as Batman, I was actually pretty excited for it. Because oh, yeah. I, I like Ben Affleck as an actor and I just was imagining his Bruce Wayne and how he would look in, in the cowl and all that. And I was like, ah, oh, I think it's a great casting choice. Like he's got the chin, he's a big guy. Um but it like everything about that characterization of Batman is just so <laughs> just wrong and 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 it's 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 like every choice Zack Snyder could have made about how to characterize Batman, he did the the opposite way that would make us hate him. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and here's the thing, too, is that supposedly that characterization is just based on, you know, Frank Miller's older Batman. Like, uh-huh. he's just older and you know, he comes up against different things, so he's like, I don't know, more mellow or something. But, yeah. um, you know, if you read Frank Miller's books, he's still wild. Like that dude's right. wild. And he does like the craziest crap. And it doesn't matter mm-hmm. that he's old. In fact, the oldness like makes him more insane and like willing to take like stupid risks because he's like, I'm going to die anyway, you know? Um, so I'm right. not sure where Zack Snyder's, you know, characterization comes from, or if it's like a combination of terrible things like you said it it does just seem like the worst parts of batman <laughs> so. yeah it's it's like yeah it's uh the things that are that are supposed to be becoming about batman the things that we enjoy about him is that he he instills fear in the hearts of people that take other people's fear for granted um he or not take it for granted, but takes advantage of other people's fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he is a brilliant, like, tech mind that can, you know, essentially, with you know, because he has endless resources, can build, at, you know, anything out of his own ingenuity. But, like, <laughs> I feel like all of that is gone. And, and, and also, he's supposed to be the world's greatest detective. Like, he's supposed to be a step ahead of everyone. Yeah, that, I feel like oh, none definitely. of that is, none of that is in the... Yeah. yeah, none of that is in the in the especially in Justice League. Like Batman is always a step late to the party. Uh he <laughs> <laughs> he he doesn't seem to figure anything out before anyone else. And he also doesn't seem to have the mind like the 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 engineering sort of tech gadgety mind that Batman's supposed to have. No. That's like purely Alfred and oh, Alfred yeah. just gives him the stuff and he's like, "How does this work?" All right, cool. <laughs> You know what I mean? But it's like, that's not Batman. Batman, like, he would be doing this stuff on his own if he had to. You know what I mean? But this Batman does not. No. Well, in the Justice League comics, and I've read mm. a ton of them, like, four collections worth. Batman, uh-huh. every, and you're right, every single time anything happens, Batman knew about it four issues ago. And he comes out yes. of nowhere and saves everyone with this trap. And I'm like... Yeah, it's because he's a detective, and then he tells them later how he did it, and he's like, I didn't need to, like, clue you in, because I knew what I was doing, like, who cares right. if you know? Um, so, yeah, he kind of lost all that. I don't know where it went, and it's real sad, but... I just think Zack Snyder doesn't think that that part of Batman is interesting. It's the like most he, interesting <laughs> Yeah, but it is what makes him a great character, and it's not only what makes him interesting, but it also is what makes him effective in a world full of super beings. Right. And Zach, because that part is not in this movie, like Batman is completely useless. It's like, why is he even here? <laughs> to, to get the team together. Cause you know how he loves to get people together. And he he's loves not even to good at that. <laughs> no. He's not even good at that. He's a jerk. Like he goes around and, ins- and insults everybody, and then make you know they makes them. He feels like they should be want to be part of the team now. It's like no, Batman. It's not how it works. Only the Flash. Oh, man. cares. Yeah, yeah. Only the Flash cares because he's just but desperate. It's, it, but, it's interesting that there's like a Batman character in Invincible, 
and that and he, it's not batman but it's like dark wing or something dark wing <laughs> yeah. yeah and uh and he's like closest to omni-man like omni-man misses him mm. the most like they were like friends and yeah. i was just like oh that's like really sweet and sad and i wish they would like explore that more because i want to know Darkwing a little bit more but he's gone so yeah i i man i don't want you to spoil it for me but i like Man, I because I, I, I'm wondering if the original team comes back at all or if any of them survive, but... Yeah, I won't um, spoil it for you, but you won't be sad. Okay. <laughs> all right. Your hopes won't be dashed all, all, right. the, all the way. Some of them are just <laughs> yeah, like real, the- real gone. <laughs> you know, it's over for them, but <laughs> yeah. you saw what happened. Um, I heard... Right. Um, I heard that Seth Rogen is... Um, also developing this into a live action movie. Oh, really? Oh my God. Yeah. That's so cool. Cause Seth Rogen is the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he, he plays Alan, the alien in yeah. like a little like cameo role. I thought that was really funny. Um, yeah, there's some, the voice cast is really good in this show. I will say that like there, and, and not only are they really good, but there's a lot of like high profile names, mm-hmm. um, how, what do you think about the cast? Do you, do you enjoy everyone's performance? Oh, yeah. And it's, like, thick. Like, yeah. I've never seen an animated show or even a movie with this many really fantastic actors and comedians in it. Right. Um, Steven Yoon is doing, like, a real good job. He sounds... Uh, uh, like, it. Like when I was reading the book, now I can't hear mark grayson and like anyone else's voice i'm like it's steven now <laughs> right um is uh is mark grayson is he half asian in the comic as well you know since i didn't read the first like few issues i'm not sure no one really mentions okay. it um okay but you know i, I mean he might as well like right. it, he looks exactly the same as he does in exactly the comics the same? Okay. so um yeah and and sandra oh i think she's like she's fantastic because she's so tough sounding um and that mom has to be so like emotionally and mentally tough (laughs) it just so it like matches her personality like perfect and i really love it and daniel daniel made uh, my husband made a good point about uh how the character uh the mom looks tired all the time (laughs) and i was like well that's how you know that she's a mom and she has like the eye bags of like worry because otherwise she'd just look, <laughs> yeah you know like any other person so right <laughs> uh, sandra O oh brings that like exhaustion if you will um mm-hmm. and i i love that and jk simmons uh i mean all of the people um all viltramites have mustaches actually that's part of the of omni-man's race which is oh wow i didn't know that that's that's funny (laughs) but um but it it helps that he has one because jk simmons sounds so like gruff and like Mm -hmm. uh over the top manly it's like that character was like drawn for him (laughs) so yeah it's wonderful it's it's so funny yeah like that i think his performance is really good he um He's not doing a J.K. Simmons. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Like the way you would, because uh, I was watching it with Julie and she's like, oh, that's J.K. Simmons. It doesn't really sound like him because he's not doing like, you know, whiplash, J- you know, uh, J.K. Simmons. He's doing just, you know, he's doing a different performance. So I th- I like the performance he's bringing to it. Um, he has a certain like um, gruffness, but there's also like a certain like um, sort of like regalness to his, the quality of his voice that I think works for that character. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the voice cast is really good. Um, yeah, every everyone is is really great. I love Zachary Quinto as robot. I think I think that that character is what is probably my favorite of like the of like the teammate characters. Yeah, I think he is so funny. <laughs> well, and the way he talks, like it doesn't come off in the comics, obviously, because he's just saying like normal words. But the right. way he like has that soft, weird computery robot voice and he says like <laughs> the most off-putting terrible things all the time yeah i'm like oh this is perfect he's hilarious i know they don't yeah. appreciate him but i love him <laughs> there's a really funny joke i think it's in the um the third episode where like because <laughs> you know at that point robot is kind of like been tasked to like sort of run 
putting the new team together Mm -hmm. and uh there's a moment where they ask invincible to join the team or like to help out or whatever and robot you know extends the invitation and and invincible goes uh are you kidding and robot just stares at him because like (laughs) he's a robot why would he be kidding you know what i mean like of course he says something like that he's like are you kidding or are you do you mean it or something like that and robot just stares at him he's like what do you mean like <laughs> i don't have the capacity to joke he's like you know what i mean i i am literal all the time <laughs> yeah like change. i did yeah there's no i'm not joke why would i joke with you i don't know i don't even do that yeah i thought that was very funny i enjoy jokes like that yeah um, yeah in the comic there's like um a lot of jokes about like the actual comic like that it's a comic um oh, and yeah? they have a lot of beats like that where someone is just staring and the the running joke <laughs> and it's like several panels it'll be like two or three panels and it's just the same art of somebody staring and the joke <laughs> is that the artist is just using like the same art to fill like half a page so that he like That's meets funny. his deadline. <laughs> <laughs> and that's I'm like, very yep. funny <laughs> that's that's good yeah oh man well is there anything else that um any other sort of last minute feelings on invincible anything else you want to touch on that you enjoyed from it before we wrap up here yeah let's see i'm just like i got a lot of notes got a lot of notes <laughs> i didn't even look at them um yeah i mean I think I just really loved and this is like Mark Mark's characterization is like really fantastic and there's a mm-hmm. line in the comic where um William is like apologizing to him for something and you know the world has been kind of torn apart like there's been another you know alien battle somewhere and their school has been like <laughs> destroyed or whatever yeah. and William's like apologizing to him for some like stupid dumb teen reason and mm-hmm. Mark says, we're all too young for any of this stuff to be happening to us. We've got no experience dealing with these situations. I can't really blame you. I don't really know how I should be acting either. And it mm. was just like so poignant, just especially mm. now in the pandemic. And right. it was so graceful for a like 17 year old kid to be saying these were like extending this kindness to his friend who really didn't deserve it but um you know it's just like these very extraordinary circumstances that no one could have predicted or like adapted to um Mm -hmm. and i just thought it was like a great thing to hold on to just for the rest of uh like this year and (laughs) whatever we're gonna get out of this um yeah i just i love that attitude and i i was like you know it it definitely comes across in the um show as well he's just a very like kind person and he extends a lot of grace to the people around him and i think that's gonna end up being kind of the the thing that saves all of them in the end probably which is again like a testament to humanity and Mm -hmm. i hope that's what happens wow what a beautiful sentiment i yeah the way that the show does do that a lot where it will like sneak in like really kind of profound or really like kind um moments and uh to me it kind of in the midst of all this chaos and sort of like gratuitous violence and stuff like that to me it kind of reminds me there's like shades of rick and morty to this show yeah um yeah like the way rick and morty like there will be they're a lot smaller than in this show but there will be bits (laughs) where where Rick will be like in the middle of some crazy thing and he'll either to Morty or to Jerry or to one of the characters, like say something really kind of profound that makes you think like, Oh man, like that's crazy. Like it, or it's some sort of like really, you know, poignant, you know, observation about human nature or something like that. And that just kind of makes its way into the show. And then they go right back to shooting aliens in the head or whatever. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah. So uh, yeah, they, they really remind me uh, the show, in tone at least reminds me a lot of rick and morty um so yeah yeah i totally agree with that and even it will use seemingly poignant moments to kind of trick you too like when (laughs) um, omni man goes through the portal and he says earth is not yours to conquer and he says it with such like disdain and 
like you think it's because he like really cherishes earth and he loves right. the people there and it's only you know it's because he's evil <laughs> he's like i'm right. conquering it <laughs> you can't yeah. conquer it and i was just like whoa that's like totally messed up <laughs> that's not yeah, okay no. yes it's definitely not i i actually really enjoyed that sequence because yeah you do think he's gonna go over there and and, and i mean it's kind of like a I mean, there, there's so many different things going on, but it's like, it's kind of like a commentary on sort of American military force mm -hmm. and things like mm -hmm. that, where it's like, you think, you know, he's going over there and from one perspective, you know, yeah, he went over to the foreign land to defend our, you know, our, our homeland and he's fighting for us. But at the same time, you're like, ah, this doesn't feel good. No. Like he's just slaughtering the civilization over there. And, and, you know, and he's not really answering to anyone and who's holding him accountable. And there's, there's all these different elements going on in the show that I think are just, I think are really great. Um, I think my favorite joke in the whole series so far is when, uh, um, Mark, it, he confronts Alan alien played by Seth Rogen and he's like, uh, he tells him his name is Invincible, and <laughs> Seth Rogen, and the running gag is like, uh, it's a bit, uh, it's a bit optimistic, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And, and Alan Alien goes, because I just fought you, and you seem very invincible. <laughs> yeah. oh, that was a great joke. It's such a Seth Rogen joke. Yeah, and he's like telepathically saying it, so he yeah, yeah. sounds smarmier than he is. Yeah, yeah, no. And what's interesting too about Alan the Alien is that like he's part of of like uh you know this organization of like you know uh world protectors or whatever they like go to uh -huh. different worlds and like make sure there's someone protecting them and uh-huh it's he's like gonna be a really interesting part of the show later i'm sure okay um because his whole race is like a whole other deal and their deal with the, like the viltramites is like totally messed up um considering mm. how cheerful he is you like would not know <laughs> but right. he, he has a really messed up backstory um I yeah can't wait. I, I actually love him and then one of my uh, favorite sight gags is the name of the high school is reginald vel johnson high school and mm. that's the name of the actor in die hard who plays the cop oh, okay and uh that that actual actor uh, also played like Carl Winslow on Family Matters. Yeah. And the principal of the school is named Principal Winslow and uh, Reginald Vell Johnson voices him. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so crazy. <laughs> Daniel was like, wait, isn't that the name of the guy in Die Hard? And I'm like, Daniel, I don't know. And then we looked it up and we're like, oh, okay. It's a whole thing. <laughs> is that the name of the high school in the comic book? Yeah. So they oh, wow. uh, they actually hired him to be a voice actor, mostly so that they could use his name as the high school still. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it works out for everyone. Yeah. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> I don't care how they did it. That's great. That's an amazing story. Yeah. Um, Chelsea, this was uh, delightful. Thank you so much. Uh, I did not know that there... <laughs> I assumed that it was going to be just a limited series because when i watched it there were like three episodes available i was like oh i guess a weird place to stop for the season but okay but now that i know that it's weekly uh i will continue to watch and we'll, we'll have to have you back to talk about more episodes i would love to there is going to be eight episodes in the season eight. and the second season is as of yet unconfirmed but okay i'm sure it's gonna blow up so <laughs> i'm sure it will too um yeah. Chelsea, uh, where can uh, people find you online if they want to check out your art or anything like that? Any Anything you want to plug upcoming? Where can people find that kind of stuff online for you? Uh, my artist name online is at underscore climbing underscore trees. Um, and yeah, if you just search like Chelsea Roberts Boom Studios, I'm sure like my website will come up. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter under that handle. I'm on Instagram and uh, Facebook as well under that handle. But yeah, I I just make comics that come out semi semi weekly, <laughs> depending on how I feel, and uh, and I keep i still design comic books so uh they will continue to come out whether you buy them or not <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> oh man i love that attitude 
<laughs> you can find uh, me online at Asan the DJ. That's at A H S O H in the DJ across social media. You can find episodes of this podcast and more at Weekly Regular on social media and at weeklyregular.com. Chelsea, thank you so much again for coming on the episode today. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much for talking with me about this. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, and we will see you guys next week. Mm-hmm.